everybody. Isn't it absolutely wonderful, no matter what we have going on during the week, that we can come together Sunday morning with fellow brothers and sisters and just praise God for what He's done in our lives. When Paul writes his letters to the churches like Philippi, uh, the Colossians, you'll find in Paul's letters that there's always a list. Things you were outside of Christ, things you are in Christ. There's always a contrast and a compare. So if you turn to Ephesians chapter 5 with me, uh, stand as we read God's word together. And we're going to be beginning at verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dispensation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things. In the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in fear of Christ. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity this morning to come together and worship you, praise you, thank you. A resounding word that hearing these songs this morning, grace, that unmerited favor you gave us. Lord, we thank you. We ask that this time this morning that you open our hearts and our minds to your word and make it alive in us. And for your son's sake, Jesus, amen. Please be seated. So again, as Paul in his letters provides lists to us, there's five things maybe you want to jot down or think about this morning as we go through this, this text. But one would be walk in wisdom, opportunities, be mindful, joyful, and thankful. And when we're talking about you know, walking in wisdom, you know, you look back at verse 15 and you know, we must make wise decisions to seek the will of God, his glory and not our own. When we talk about opportunities and that's something that over the last few days, my son and I have been helping uh, a friend of ours. Uh, weren't exactly looking forward to it, in, to some degree. But God always seems to prepare opportunities to share the gospel, share the love he has, to share the sacrifice of the son with others. And I can tell you over the last few days, as a father, watching my son, who's very introverted, Share that word that changed his heart, changed so many hearts with others is beyond humbling. So when we talk about opportunities, you know, time and words are things that we can never get back. We need to use both of them wisely to the glory of God. When we talk about, you know, being mindful, God's given us a mind to an understanding that God has a plan for our lives. Amen? Being joyful, meaning not only in 
the circumstances when the when good times come or 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 when things seem to be okay but being joyful in all circumstances that the one who created us will absolutely sustain us amen and being thankful you know thanksgiving coming this week and we talk about list and prioritizing things and being thankful for things you know verse 20 what I want to focus on this morning, being thankful. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the immediate context here in verse 20, in, in the surrounding verses we, we read and we're talking about, you know, Paul is praying and urging his readers to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit convict their hearts, and, and a call to being thankful, you know, thankfulness and praising God the Father. Praises to the Lord like, you know, things we did this morning with such beautiful songs in his name. You know, just giving thanks to him. So when Paul is urging these believers in Ephesus who, you know, have been brought out the list of what you were before Christ, what you are outside of Christ, but now what you are in Christ. In Christ, the, you know, the attitude that, that life marked with peacefulness and should be you know, gratitude and, and gratefulness, godliness. You know, there was a change that occurred in them. You know, saying, you know, you come together and, and you worship together. Gatherings should bear witness to this attitude of great joy and thankfulness. And when people come in and they join, they say, you know, look at, what is this? All this feeling, this joy, what is God doing in their lives? And let's be honest, though, and maybe even for some this morning, it, it's challenging. I know throughout this week, for me, there's been moments where, you don't feel exactly joyful or grateful in the moment. And you, 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 maybe your heart just isn't in it. Maybe even on the way to church this morning, you know, you just, you know, kind of just going through the motions to get here. But then you get here and we gather and you join others in worship and you're met with this overwhelming thankfulness to God for the provisions and the things he's done in our lives. You know, outside of Christ, we all know what we could doing our sinful nature. But when that spirit convicts you and there's that change, you know, we can't clean this up, only he can. Only Christ can. So Paul, in his writings, is very clear to distinguish humanity without God, humanity having to know God and through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, and again, when he gives list, as he often does, evidence of the fact that people don't appreciate God for who he is or what he's done. You know, and, and we ask, you know, can... Can somebody other than a Christian be thankful? And, you know, the answer is, of course, absolutely. But it's the basis of that thankfulness, the nature of the extent of, the extent of that thankfulness that Paul is addressing. What are you thankful for? When he's writing to Timothy and describing humanity without God, he, he begins and he says the people will be lovers of themselves, you know, self-love, uh, lovers of money, lovers of things, boastful, prideful in their accomplishments, making it all about them. You know, the general mood of, of a culture that is just st stuck with their heads in their stands, stuck on themselves. When people are convicted about the nature of their independent self, you know, who I am, what I am, what I'm becoming, what I've achieved, and pride will stand as that stumbling block to true, genuine thankfulness. And we find ourselves sometimes saying, you know, maybe with material things or, or, or relationships, 
I deserve this, or maybe someone's gifted you, someone done something for you, or was kind to you, or you know, maybe those times when even worse, maybe we say, I deserve maybe a little more than this. That's all they gave me? Well, maybe, maybe I should have gotten a little more, and that pride sets in. But as Beg put it, humility dethrones the self. It opens the, jo- uh, the door for, for true thankfulness. For those in Christ, think of how you were outside of him before there was that radical change, before that spirit convicted your heart. And all our junk, all our selfishness, look what I've done. Look how great I am. But then that change happened. You see yourself for who you really are. And there was a great change, you know, new birth, new life, alive in Jesus Christ. And now you say that there's this great confidence and contrast, right? You know, that me, myself, and I, that, that me mentality turned and now thankfulness to be expressed in what he's done in you and what he's done in your life. That contrast was the, the, the ingratitude for those who don't know or, or have a relationship with God. But circling back to first, uh, verse 20, where in a matter of a few words, Paul explains the when, the what, and the for whom to be thankful. How someone in Christ is to be thankful. So when do we give thanks? Always. When we think about that, when we teach our kids, when they're growing up, you don't have to, you know, we've talked about this before, you don't have to teach a kid to be bad. We don't have to teach ourselves to be bad. We, what, we have to teach ourselves to be good or, or allow God's word to dwell in our hearts. You know, with kids, you know, brush your teeth, you know, basic hygiene. Well, when? Okay, every day. Well, how often? Always. I mean, stay, it's, it's like staying in God's word. You know, if you don't do it every day, you're not prayerful every day, you're, you're, like the body, the soul begins to stink a little bit, Right? Not just once a month, not just once a week, but always. Giving thanks only when things are going well or, or when we think we're enjoying these perceived blessings, you know, when, when relationships or comforts and peace and everything just seems to be kind of be going our way. No, always, through the trials, through the storms, through every circumstance. Then we think about Thanksgiving as we're going to celebrate in a couple days here in America. You know, let's be honest, one of the most stressful times of the year for some people. I mean, you've got family coming in, family coming out, but when you look at genuine thankfulness, when we're aware of the wonder of God's creation and his providence and his care for us, when we stake, you know, step back and look how he's preserved us and our love or the love he's displayed for us and his son providing redemption for those who are convicted of their sins, repentant of their sins, and placed their faith and trust in him. When are we to be thankful? Always. What about the times, again, when we're facing the trials? Or when we feel like the ground, we can't get a leg up and everything's just falling apart around us? Always. When Paul writes to the Romans of everything that is written before, referring to prior scriptures, he says, so that through the endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And that hope, we give thanks. In other words, as we read through scripture, God's dealings in the past, he gives us an assurance and a thankfulness for our future being secured in his son, Jesus Christ. The one who 
you go and, and you think about this. The one who created you will sustain you and give you true joy and a sense of thankfulness. Thanksgiving, like Daniel, you know, in the midst of the lion's den or uncomfortable circumstances or when things aren't easy. And think about when uh, Paul was, uh, Silas were taken and they were imprisoned, you know, they were beaten. They weren't just sitting there locked up and, okay, we'll come back for you guys. They were beaten. They were shackled. They were chained. They were beaten down. And Luke records that, you know, towards midnight there was a major stir in the jail. But it wasn't their complaining. It wasn't their, you know, uh, just down. They were causing a stir because it says at midnight they were singing and praying hymns to God. In other words, when Paul, you know, when he writes to the Ephesians, and as we're reading here now, urging us to be thankful to God, always, in all circumstances. So I think Paul kind of knew what he was talking about there. He praised God. The remarkable thing I find with Paul is also the contentment you can see in his writings, that in his circumstances were contentment that seemed to be able to manage the fluctuating conditions he faced. In other words, he didn't present thankfulness from the upside of his circumstances or the nature of his condition. He and others didn't see the conditions as an end to themselves, but rather they saw them as being part of an overall purpose of God and his will for them to bring completion, his good work that he had begun in them. So when we ask the question, when are we to be thankful the answer given in the text, always. But then we ask, what are we to be thankful for? Everything. The good, the bad, the trials. Something that's probably a little different for each one of us. You know, what one struggles with may not be something to struggle with another. I haven't experienced loss of parents, but many have. I haven't experienced the loss of a spouse, many have. I haven't experienced the loss of a child. But something we can speak with with honesty and conviction. Paul begins his letter reminding the church in Ephesus and of God, his amazing grace. A reminder that they had been chosen, adopted, and redeemed, created for good works, for his glory, everything being the power of his good works. And Paul's not just talking about giving thanks as a random concept or, or some kind of philosophical idea, but giving thanks to a sovereign God who provides and cares and loves for his children, who is graciously and mercifully, mercifully kind to us. You know, God who spoke through Isaiah and said as the heavens are higher than the earth and my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. So as Paul's saying here, we submit to the call here. It's God who is in control of all things, who operates outside of our understanding of time and, and, and space, but this eternal arrangement of things that God is in control of all. And our Heavenly Father, to all who know him through Jesus and place their faith and trust him, to whom... Our, our heartfelt thanks are, are lifted up. I find it, it's very important that our response to the scriptures as those who have come to know God in that way through Jesus, that when we read in the text that Jesus' words to his disciples, when he says to them, 
You know the God who feeds the birds of the air, who cares and extends to the sparrows and your heavenly Father. Trust him. You can trust him in all things. You know, Romans 8, 28, for we all, for we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It's God who provides for us. He provides all that we need for his, his good work and his glory. When we read through the pages of scripture and we realize that the story of God is the story of his provisions for us, that, that means the life who is one who's placed their faith and trust in his son, that God will provide whatever we need for body and soul and we'll use it for his glory and whatever comes our way. That we can have peace and patience when those trials and storms come. We can learn to be thankful when things don't go perceivably well in our lives or we find ourselves at times being jealous of others and not having that contentment for what he's provided us. We can be confident in the face of the future because we're comforted and secured in the one who actually holds it. And when you read through the scriptures, it all points to God who is intricately, unequivocally involved in every aspect of your life. And to him we owe thanks and our gratitude always for all things. In Jesus, by his mercy, by his sacrifice, we're continually refined. Our imperfections removed little by little, conforming each day to his image. And our Heavenly Father, who began a good work in us, will see it to completion. Amen? This doesn't remove us from the difficulties of life. It doesn't change everything. We still struggle. We still fall short of the goal sometimes. We sin. But it's an ongoing process that we're to be thankful for, for his purposes. Even through that disobedience, those failures, that arrogance, that boastfulness, our sin. But surely you would want the process to be under control of a God, a sovereign creator, not some little man-made idol, little G, but under submission of a loving and heavenly father. You know, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus I pray the Spirit convicts your heart and you do know him. And under conviction and knowing who Jesus is, that you would believe and repent. Find new life in his name. The one and only Son who is himself God that has made him known. You know, the one who Philip, you know, and I, I, I like to think about it when, you know, Jesus is in the upper room before he gets, you know, taken to the cross and crucified you know, Philip, you know, I imagine just waving his hands up and he said, ask the question, he said, hold on, Jesus. How do we know? How can we know? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And then Philip, that hand up. Okay, can you show us the Father? And Jesus says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So giving, thank, all, giving thanks always to everything be to him. To whom every good and perfect gift, every circumstance, every trial, God to whom all thanks is due. There's nothing that happens to us outside of his will or his care. And we'll get there 
probably in the next few weeks, but Hebrews 13, 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. To me, that's one of the most comforting, comforting pieces of Scripture you could ever read. Never will I leave you. No matter where you go, never will he leave you. Never will he forsake you. Even in the midst of this fallen world, he will never leave or forsake his children. No matter the circumstance, God keeps his promises. And again, Thanksgiving, as we celebrate in a few days, filled with anticipation to see family and friends and great joy. Think about the areas in our lives that we often hold on to. Those lists of things that we find ourselves holding secured, that things that we have those momentary joys, whether it be health, money, property, friends, family, things of momentary happiness and joy. You know, possessions we hold on to, things that we kind of think make us feel secure, right? But for those in Christ, our relationship with the Father through His Son is eternal. Nothing can separate us from something we can all be thankful for, that he will never leave us or forsake us. You know, this fallen world, it's full of disappointments, and we know that. We don't have to explain that over and over again. But Paul says, I want you to realize in Christ, God is your father, and that you are his adopted child if you're in him. And that he is the only one that can truly say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Because you see, God is the great I am. And if you've gone through some of these small group studies, we've, we've hit this pretty hard in the last few months. God, the great I am. He's omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, meaning he's all-knowing, all-powerful. He's everywhere at all times. Sovereign. But then we ask, how do you do this always? And for what? You know, everything to God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, often when we, you hear people saying in church or when you're out and praying, you say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Sometimes it almost seems like it's second age or habitual when you pray, right? But what are we really saying when we do that? What we're saying is that we're coming to the Father on the basis of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done on the cross that through him we have that relationship so that when we give thanks to God, we pray in line with the provisions that he has made for us, the, the desires that have been placed in us by the Holy Spirit. You know, in other words, that our prayers are not just self-centered, but they are framed it was consistent with God's character and will, and they are God-centered. You know, remember Jesus, when we talk about being thankful in the garden, facing the wrath of God on the cross. Father, if you are willing... If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. If you're a willing father, not my will, but your will, and I will thank you. And thank you, be did, for the very heart of the celebration that took place in that upper room that evening. You know, as the gospel records, you know, it was a thanksgiving. But it was on his life that he took that bread and he had given thanks. He broke it. Thank you, Father, that as I break this bread is an emblem of the fact that my body is going to be broken. Thank you, Father, that this cup is to be reminded that the fact that my blood is about to be shed, that I'm going to be 
the very lamb that you the Father has provided, that men and women be remembered and made, or redeemed and made new and transformed and changed and become your adopted children. Thank you, Father. So again, we thank him for everything. Only by his grace. And the scriptures presented this morning reminded of the fact that God is sometimes in many ways mysterious. At the same time, the Bible tells us that all he wills and all he permits is a necessity for the good of his adopted family and for his glory. There's nothing random about it. Giving thanks is a command, not a suggestion. Giving thanks always to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says do it. Scripture says do it. God's word says do it. It's not like one of those New Year resolutions where We've all, I'm sure many of us have, you sign up for that gym membership thinking, you know, by summer you're going to have that, you know, 12-pack bod and ready to go, but, you know, come, you know, January 3rd, you're like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> Even when you don't feel like giving thanks, pray for a thankful heart. Pray for a reminder of those promises. Open your Bibles and get in his word. Pray that through the trials, those things that come across your lives. He reveals something of himself to you through those trials that you see the good of his glory revealed, praying that the Spirit does a work in you, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. His word calls himself to give thanks for everything to him. You know, it's through Jesus that we're reconciled to the Father with childlike trust and that believing faith in his promises. I don't typically like doing topical messages, you know, Veterans Day, things like that, you know, holiday messages. I believe God's word is sufficient for everything, but this week is Thanksgiving. And something I want everybody to really be mindful of this week. A lot of people have lost a lot of family over the last few years in this church. Even beyond these walls, there's some faces I miss that I don't see here. There's going to be some empty chairs around a table. There may be some family not able to make it. But pray that those that are here received and know that they received by a merciful God. I talked about using time wisely. These last few days, humbled at the opportunities God provided for myself, my son, and others to just share the truth of his word and the redeeming work of his son on the cross. So when you're sitting around that table or you're meeting with people this week, what are we thankful for? You know, we see the movies, go around the table, you know, I'm thankful I got this new Xbox 360, or no, it's not even 360 now, whatever it is now, the X. I'm thankful for that new car, this house. I'm thankful for this awesome grass that, you know, you got to spend $300 a month just to keep it green. But what are we thankful for? Thankful for a body of believers that I can come on a Sunday morning, no matter what else is going on in this world, that can lift each other up, encourage each other to go out and share that word of Jesus Christ with others. It is absolutely easy 
to minister to one another and minister to those that come here in our midst. But as the sign says on the door, that is the mission field. How much would you have to hate somebody not to share that same love with someone else? So when you prepare your lists, your groceries, your tasks, make sure at the top of those lists, Christ's name is at the top and everything else is centered around him. Amen? Let us pray. Father, I pray I pray you use us in a mighty way to share the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did, not his sacrifice, his works on the cross, so that we may have new life in a relationship with you. Father, we pray for the lost. We pray that your spirit convicts hearts and they're soft and open to the word of your son. Lord, we pray for those traveling this week to and from, families coming in, families going out, that you would give them traveling mercies and bring them in and fellowship with one another. Father, we pray for the families that there will be an extra seat around that table this year. We pray that we're able to minister and encourage and lift each other up. But Father, first and foremost, we do thank your son Jesus who absolutely took on the wrath that we deserved. Lord, we love you and we thank you and it's in his name we pray. Amen.